It's the Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time once again to head on over to the World News Center. Maybe you'll head on over to BillMcSciFi.com, and we will chat with Bill McCormick. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Ryan. How are you this bright and wonderful day? I am feeling fantastic. The Bulls are coming back. Series tied. What more could you ask for if you're into Bulls basketball? And if you're not, you don't care. Yeah, no, you know, actually, I mean, this team has been a pleasant surprise all year long. Um, they look like they were glued together like Frankenstein's monster, but they are really, they're exceeding my expectations. I, I'm, I find myself looking forward to them. They're a fun team to watch. Um, they're definitely a team. They're, they're, I don't see a lot of, um, I don't see a lot of egos out there. They they go out there and they do what, whatever coach says, that's what they do. And uh, heard some funny quotes along those lines. And, you know, you got to give them credit there. They're back in the thick of things again. So, go Bulls. And if you aren't aware, Bill knows his stuff. You had a, a sports blog for years and years. Yeah, yeah. JayTheJoke.com ran that thing forever. And before I took it over, uh, I worked with um, Matt Lynch and Pat Dahl, Steve's son. Okay. And now Matt's, of course, Matt's of course a, a famous writer on in and of his own. And Pat, as uh, last I checked, is actually working for the Chicago Blackhawks in media and relations. So. There you go. Excellent. So we all come from somewhere. So go Bulls. What do you have for us today, Bill? Oh, we got all sorts of stuff. First of all, I've got an answer to a question you asked last week, and I thought this was kind of hysterical. Okay, I don't remember Um, the question, but I'm glad you have an answer. Well, last week we were at. You asked uh, how do people in Hong Kong and Beijing and so on hear about us? And that's a legitimate question because we don't exactly put up ads (laughs) in Beijing Times. Um. So, excuse me, the lady who we were talking about last week, the new listener, she wrote me and she listened to the show, so that's how we know she listened. She yeah. listened to the show and responded to the question. She said, well, I, she's planning a trip to New York and, you know, possibly Chicago and she um, for business, and she uh, had questions about what it's like to live in America. And our friends who have been following us for a few years now, the young ladies from London and um, Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, all Asian ladies, I guess they knew her or she knew them or however they knew each other. But they're like, oh, well, just ask our American. And they sent her to me. <laughs> wow. And she's like, oh, he's got a radio show. So she clicked into that. And she's like, oh, I like that. It's fun. And then I click on the back. And so there we go. And it's just word of mouth, word of mouth doing its thing, doing its thing. That's a lot of pressure yeah. now to be to be uh, honorable representatives of America. Well, you know, I mean, we had that happen, uh, I don't remember, know if you remember, years and years ago in India, uh, when they uh, took my uh, story about the, the UFOs and used it in a science textbook for uh, kids in the Indian Space Agency, kids who were taking summer classes at the Indian Space Agency. I think I do remember that, and yeah. Like, you know, and like all things in India, they didn't ask my permission, they didn't pay me a dime, and they told me I was, they were Wait, very grateful for me. But that's how we ended up with an Indian fan club. These people are like, oh, this is cool. Understands um, America. No, yeah. no, don't don't ask me. No, no, no. But yeah, here we are. Uh, episode 324. <laughs> so there we go. I have a complete searchable database now of all of our episodes with keywords. Ah, well, that should keep you entertained forever. Oh, sure. Um, so we got a few things that I wanted to talk about. Bill, First of all, on the, uh, you can't say that. Don't say that again. Can't say what? Dude, I have to keep bleeping you. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch my... <laughs> okay, anyway. 
<laughs> Yay. I'm just playing um, with our new bleeping machine. It's fun. Yeah, I remember when you drum sound effect and the fun we had with that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what's going on today? Uh, we got a, we got a few things going on. First, for those who are following the Moon Knight uh, thing going on on uh, Marvel's uh, DC Disney Plus, um, yes, it's gotten very weird. No, they aren't just making stuff up. Uh, people seem to be very upset that they've got this uh, Egyptian goddess who looks like a hippo and sounds like Tinkerbell, and they just think, you know, now they've gone completely off the rails, and it's like, well, no, no, they haven't. And people are people who've read the comics are citing the comics, and these guys, whoever writes, I don't know who the crew that's writing this, but um, they are clearly they are clearly mining the comics back to, like, did you see there was a character that walked across a frame in this one episode? We want that character. <laughs> of course. And, uh, you know, the, the giant female uh, hippo goddess came up when they were um, doing a, a history of uh, history of Egyptian gods and goddesses, and this one was on the list, and they said, well, that one never really got any any pub. It, it's kind of a toss-off in one episode. And they're like, but we're going to make her an important part of our show. Otherwise, we're all going to walk. <laughs> they threatened to go on strike if they couldn't use the hippo. But isn't that fun to take advantage in a series format? Obviously, if you had, you know, a two-hour Moon Knight origin story, as they typically are, you, you wouldn't have time for that. But you have a series you can spread out and really explore characters no matter how, how minor they were. Right, and it, it, someone someone uh, I, I spoke to behind the scenes this week made an interesting comparison, and I I had to admit I hadn't thought of it, but as soon as I, they mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, that works. Um, whereas Disney Plus and Marvel and so on are doing these little mini series to introduce people to characters and get people get characters more fleshed out, you know, introduce them to the richer Marvel universe. The same way that DC uses its animated movies to do the exact same thing, hmm. and characters like Hush and so on and so forth uh, that would never see the light of day in a movie just because it takes too long to get them there. Now they've got the groundwork laid, they've got fans for it, they've got all this stuff, and they're doing that with their animated movies. And it's completely different tactics, but they both are very effective, and they both have their things. Um, the, uh, I think you're going to see, as each one gets a grip on what they want to do and how they're doing it, we're going to see a lot more interesting content come out from both companies. Um, and I, for one, am looking forward to because I'm a comic book fan, and I've been through, you know, like 50 years of famine. Uh, it's time for me to feast. Um, so, you know, looking forward to that. Now, so do you have a, a storage space somewhere with thousands of comic uh, comics all bagged and boarded and organized? No, no, I don't. Um, I, I traveled too much when I was younger, when I was playing with bands and stuff like that. Yeah. I traveled way too much to have too many personal possessions. My rule of thumb... People used to make fun of me about this, but my rule of thumb was simply, if I can't carry it in a backpack, it stays behind. Sure. Um, you know, and so I, you know, I'd have like two or three changes of clothes, my cigarettes, <laughs> my wallet, and off I went. And that's pretty much how I saw the world. And it's like, for me, I was like, if clothes got dirty, I go to the nice little place where you wash the clothes, then the clothes get clean, and you sure. put them back in the backpack, and you keep going. It was not complex for me. Um you know, so I, I left a lot of stuff behind that I, I kind of wish I hadn't now. But on the other hand, I got to set foot on all seven continents and hang out with some pretty cool people. So, you know, it's a trade. It's difficult for a, a touring musician, and I'm not sure who she was, but we had a, years ago when I was doing alt-rock radio, we had a musician come through town, was kind of dropped off by her publicist for this interview, and then waiting around, and 
I was like, well, is there anything you need? I'm like, can you take me to Target? I really need underwear. So I took a very famous musician to Target so she could buy underwear. Because you, yeah, there's not a lot of places to do laundry on the road. No, no, there's not. It depends where you're at. Um, I discovered that Long Island, New York, is God's gift to doing laundry because there's like 4,000 laundromats around there. Oh, perfect. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, unless you're in a major city, um, you, you can run out of stuff. And I, it, we, we had a running joke. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Cynthia Plastercaster passed away this week. I um, saw that, yeah. And she was kind of a friend of mine and a, a on again off really? friend of the show. She was a really sweet lady. Yeah, I've known her since like the late nineties. Um, in fact, uh, on her movie Plastercaster, I was the one who helped clear some of the rights on some of the indie music that they had. Going really? On. Now she never oh, immortalized yes. you, right? No, no. Okay. No, no. Um, although the, the very first time I met her, I had to go to her, her place because uh, we were trying to straighten out the things. And when you talk to her on the phone. She's this bright, bubbly, careful personality who has a great sense of humor. But getting her to focus on things was kind of a trial. Mm-hmm. So so I went to her house, and I have never been surrounded by that many penises before. In hey, my life, hey, dude. <laughs> well, she is what she is. I got a full page obituary on her. I, I understand. I'm talking out of school. That's, let's just, let's, let's move. People can Google if they want to know what's going on. Right. Uh, but anyway, she was a really wonderful lady, and uh, so we're going to miss her. And uh, she was just really a sweet, sweet woman, very happy woman all the time. So that's that going on for you. Uh, now that we're completely off topic, let's try and swing yeah. back here a little bit. Um, we've talked a little bit before about artificial intelligence writing books, and I've, we've all had some fun with it. Uh, a year and a half ago, uh, Google had an artificial intelligence attempt to rewrite Game of Thrones. Oh, was that a train wreck of epic proportion? Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Was that because that was. people were so impatient for him to release the next uh, the next novel in the series that they said, "Hey, we're going to have a robot write it." There, there, and that was partly it. At least it gave them a subject that was you know in everybody's mind. It gave them a way to publicize it. Uh, gave them a chance to have it happen in lot in real time online. People could follow along. Um, I used a section of it in a short story that I sold because it was just quite possibly some of the worst writing I'd ever read in my life. Um, and on and on it went, but artificial intelligence has not shown much luck or had much luck when it came to taking human thoughts and make or taking human words and making them coherent and cogent to humans. Recently, you knew there was going to be a change in this, right? Yeah. Recently, this uh, stuff came out called Jarvis, uh, named after the uh, robot from Marvel's uh, 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 Marvel's uh, TV show, Iron Man, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And a guy named Derek Murphy, uh, he's a writer for uh, Creative Indie, and um, he's a good writer, by the way. If you're looking for stuff about writing, by a writer or in writing, Derek Murphy's a good a good way to go. Can't really go wrong. There. Anyway, so he decided to put uh, Jarvis to the test and started slamming on it. And he came to a couple of conclusions. And the first one was interesting. Don't throw it into fantasy. Don't throw it into science fiction. Don't throw it into anything like that. First, because you have to train it. It's like training a puppy. You have to train it before you can get it to do things. And so he trained it writing, and you'll appreciate this. He trained it writing blogs and radio show scripts. Oh, I'd love to see Uh, one of those. 
Yeah, I wish I could too. He doesn't have any online. It's just like way back in the days of yore, that's what I did. And it, my first thought was that's kind of condescending, but my second thought was, no, this makes perfect sense. Radio show scripts have to be clean, concise, punchy, coherent, cogent. You have to get your point across. You've got 10 seconds, 30 seconds, tops. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is why you want to buy it. This is where you leave your money. These are the important things. You want to get those points out. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to get it muddied with all sorts of information that's irrelevant. So the, that's a really good way to start teaching. I think that's and really cute long. that people think we have scripts. Yeah. Well, for the ads that you do. Well, of course, yeah, for the ads. And right. and people think we don't, but I actually do. In fact, I am reading what I am saying right now is actually on here, and I know what Bill's going to say because it's the next line. Yeah, we practice all the time to do these shows. See, here's what it says anyway. in the script right now. Yeah, we practice all the time to do these shows. <laughs> well, wait till you, and then wait Bill, till you find out what's coming up next. Bill Get chuckles right there. Going. Okay, go ahead. So Derek took this thing, and he busted it and busted it and busted it, and then he gave it some basic parameters of plot points and things like that and let it loose to come up with a blurb or summary for a fantasy book. Okay. You know, sword and sorcery fantasy book. Here's what it came up with. There's only a couple of sentences long, and you tell me a human didn't write this. Pay attention. Okay. David has always wanted to be a fierce dragon rider, flying through the skies and protecting the kingdom. But instead, he's stuck in a dead-end job, living in poverty, stuck in the mud and the grime of Arden. But when he meets a mysterious girl with a secret package, he becomes embroiled in a conspiracy that brings him closer than he imagined to the scaled beasts of the upper class. Suddenly, his wildest dreams are within reach if he can survive long enough to see them come true. Wow. That that was written by a, a computer. That's written by a computer. Derek Murphy has it on his uh, page. It's called creativeindie.com, I-N-D-I-E, spelled correctly. Because mm-hmm. he's a writer, so he spells these things correctly. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of examples up there, but I grabbed that one because this is the robot, this is the artificial intelligence's first try. Whoa. I didn't want to get into this stuff. Oh, my. I mean, that is... Like, as you're describing that, I'm like, I would read that comic for sure. Yeah, it's designed to be, um, what he's aiming for is 50,000-page books, you know, novellas right hmm. in there. Okay. And he has, we we don't have, we have lives and we have families that we need to talk with and so on and so forth. But he actually has chapters up online that you can read. And those chapters, I swear to God, I've, I've read my fair share of fantasy. I mean... You know, Anne McCaffrey may have set the bar pretty high, but for a lot of the stuff that's out there, it's kind of like, you know, Dirk Raider with his sword went to save the damsel in distress. You know, there's a lot of macho posturing and uh, mm-hmm. dragon riding and so on and so forth like that. Um, this actually hits those hits those beats, but it actually hits them and then um, brings in some nuance and some subtlety. And, you know, the guy's uncle is a bad uncle and so on and so forth. And all of this is written into the story, and I'm like, there's no way you could tell me that a human didn't write this. It's really strange. Yeah, that's very that, that's impressive. Just with the the grammar and the syntax. Yeah, it. Um, and some of the stuff, like uh, when when the humans are speaking, when he's got a character speaking, I'll give you a real quick one here. It says, "You're finally back, comma." He said breathlessly, "Comma." I was starting to worry. Hmm. That's a well written little sentence. That that is actually. You know, I mean, I, I, now, you know, how do you feel about that as a, as a fiction fantasy writer? It's a little disconcerting that I could be put out of work in a week. Yeah. Um, 
fortunately, right now it's forced to use, you know, trite and uh, for now it's using tried and true plot lines and plot methods, which, by the way, that's how I started, so I, I can't really say anything there. Um, you know, you don't start out, as a friend of mine said, he goes, you don't start out by jumping over a thousand cars, you try and clear the, you try and clear the skateboard first, you know, you, you you, you build your build your strength up. You build your skills up. Um, you know, it's like anything. Uh, and right now, this thing is building its skills up, and uh, it's fascinating to watch. It's uh, it's incredible to read, um, but it's uh, it, it's interesting. It's really interesting. You know. Um, I mean, do we get? Uh, is it is it possible? You know, eventually this is honed, and we get New York Times number one bestseller from a robot, and then who is credited as the author? The you know R, well, RQ nine thousand. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know quite what to tell you there. Uh, literally, I wrote a short story called George that got uh, published in Just a Minor Malfunction, one of the bigger science fiction compilations that comes out every year. And uh, so, yay team! I actually got paid. Um, <laughs> but I wrote about this exact subject, and in my version, George actually went on a media tour. And it wasn't discovered that he was going to overthrow the world until he was on Playboy, um, just because I was having some fun with it. But now I've had a couple of people like circle back to me, having read that a year and a half ago or whatever, and they read back and like you do know that like this is your stuff starting to read more like a documentary than you know out there science fiction. And I was like, ouch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea is, and the basic idea here is to have the artificial intelligence intelligence represent itself in media situations to develop it enough that it can interact in a spoken word situation to go back and forth okay with, uh, a human host okay so i'll will you know an author will come out with a book i'll get pitched a lot of these hey so-and-so has a book out wednesday would you like to have him on the show to talk about it and sure and i know these authors go on a media tour they do print they do radio they do tv you're saying they could send this bot around for for like a radio interview like a chat like we're doing right now and could interact, yeah. and it would make sense. I, the technology is right now. Um, there's a Amazon has a uh, voice to text uh, or text to voice technology out right now that is pretty much second to none. It gets inflections right. It uh, it, it does quite a bit. Um, and if you were to start to punch this stuff into that stuff, you would have a well written. You know, you'd have a well well-done book, an audio book. You'd have a well-done audio uh, product. And if they can get that to start working with, you know, like a Siri or something like that, an advanced version of Siri, where it has various responses available to it depending on the question, well, then you're looking at uh, an interactive artificial intelligence that's doing book tours, yeah. All right, well, you were starting to creep me out, and I don't want to put authors or radio hosts or novelists out of a job, so we'll stop right now and pretend that didn't happen. Uh, let's see, BillMcSciFi.com, at BillMcSciFi. Uh, the all-new Big Wake Up Call podcast, that's the most important place to go to listen to this and uh, many other shows of wonderful glory. Uh, follow us at Big Wake Up Call. Bill, thank you as always. Love doing these segments. Thank you and hello to our new listeners around the world. And uh, Bill, we'll talk next time. All right, my friend. You take care. Bye.